0: 2 Peter chapter 3, starting at verse number 9, is where we'll start reading. It is up on the screen here. It says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering toward usward. Not willing that any should perish, that's why he's long-suffering. He doesn't want any one of us to perish, but he gives us time and time over and over again, chances to change, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat verse number 13 Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Verse 14 says, wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Drop the verse number 17. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing. Ye know these things before. Beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. Verse number 18 says, But grow. Everyone says, But grow. But grow how? In grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Someone say, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I do want to preach today on a simple subject of grace. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for grace. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord God, because you're so good to us. Now, God, this is your church. We are your people. These are your sheep, and I am your vessel. Help me, Lord, to speak every word that is intended. I pray that my flesh will not get in the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. If you're ready to receive the word, clap your hands unto the Lord one more time. You may be seated. Presence of the Lord. As you read in the New Testament, you will find that every letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the New Testament churches starts just about the same way. You will find in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse number 7, he says, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Now, let's pause right there. It's important to understand that as you read, good to see you, Brother Durbin, back there in the back. Brother Don Durbin, let's clap our hands unto the Lord for him. Good to see you, brother. It is important that when you read the letters that Paul wrote that you must understand who Paul was writing to. If you do not understand who Paul's writing to, then you will misunderstand the context. Jesus is calling, you may wanna answer that. (laughs) So Paul says he's writing to saints. So that lets us know that he's writing to the body of Christ. He is not writing to unbelievers trying to get them saved. He's writing to folks that have already been brought out or in other words, born again. Saints means set apart. So he's writing to people that have already made a decision to be set apart. He's not writing to people trying to convince them to be set apart. He's writing to people that have already made up their mind. I'm not going back to the world. I'm living for Jesus. So when you have that understanding, when you read Romans or Corinthians or Ephesians or Colossians, any of the book that Paul wrote and he's not mentioning or highlighting as much as you see in other books, especially the book of Acts, the importance of being born again or water baptism or the infilling of the Holy Ghost is because he's already talking to people that have already been born again of water and the spirit. So when people try to say, well, let's look at the Roman road, some of you have maybe heard of the Roman world road salvation. There is no Roman road salvation. There's no such thing. Salvation was already imprinted in the book of Acts. His apostles were already teaching that Jesus was talking about it even throughout the books of the gospel. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again of water and spirit or you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He was already leading the way and guiding us on how to enter into the kingdom of heaven. So it is important to understand that first and foremost and that when you read the opening words of these letters that Paul wrote, he's talking to the church. He's not talking to people trying to get in the church. He's talking to folks that's already in the church and trying to edify them in order to become better children of God. Because we must understand that we may be 40, 50, 60 years in age, but many of us are not that old in the spirit. See, that's why it's called a born again process. And you can view yourself as 65 years old, but if you've been born again just 25 years ago, you're just 25 years old in this thing. And I'm sorry, but there's most 25 years old that make some really dumb mistakes. So we we need to stop holding people to some standard uh, as if just because they have some certain natural age, they need to act a certain way when it comes to living for God. Because I don't care how old you are, there's still things that we're going to do and mistakes that we're going to make. But I'm so grateful for grace. Thankful for His mercy. Amen. 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 So it says here to all that be in Rome, beloved, called called to be beloved of God, called to be saints. He says, "Grace to you and peace." From God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First Corinthians chapter number one opens up by saying unto the church of God which is at Corinth. To them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be saints. With all that in every place called upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you. Book of second Corinthians Paul goes on to say Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. And Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints. Verse number two says, grace be to you. The book of Galatians opens up by saying, and all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, grace be to you. The book of Ephesians opens up by saying, chapter number one, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Verse number two says, grace be to you. The book of Philippians opens up by saying in verse number one, chapter one, Paul and Timotheus, who was Timothy, the servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. What does he say? Grace be unto you. The book of Colossians chapter number one, verse number two says to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossus, grace be, un-. are y'all catching it here? Are y'all catching? Grace be unto you. First Thessalonians chapter number one, verse number one says Paul and Silas, which is Silas, Paul and Silas and Timotheus, who was Timothy. So this is Paul, Silas and Timothy here unto the church of the Thessalonians which is in God, the Father, and the Lord, Jesus Christ, grace be unto you. Here he speaks here in Philemon, Philemon chapter number one, starting at verse number one, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved, and fellow laborer, and to our beloved Apia, or, or I've heard it pronounced Apia, And Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house. I'm so thankful that we have churches that start in the household. Church in the house, what does he say? Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul puts emphasis on grace. I'm thankful that we see this over and over again. That Paul speaking to the church and telling them that we ought to be thankful for grace. He's reminding us over and over again the importance of grace and peace that comes from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If Paul puts that much emphasis on grace, we need to understand grace. We need to appreciate grace we need to speak grace to our fellow brothers and sisters you know oftentimes we kind of lump mercy and grace together we speak that oftentimes we say mercy and grace thankful for the grace and mercy of God so sometimes we can think that mercy and grace are one and the same Well, mercy is defined and it's going to be here up on the screen and I want to leave it up there for a moment if you want to write that down. But mercy is what God doesn't give us when we know we deserve it. Mercy is what God doesn't give us when we deserve it. Many of us don't deserve to be here, but it's because of his mercy. We deserved death. But because of his mercy, he's allowed us to remain. We deserved a lot of things in life. There's a lot of choices that we've made and we deserve the consequences of those things. Maybe even worse than the consequence that came upon us. But I'm thankful for his mercy. Many of you, I don't care where you are. I don't care where you are in God. I don't care how long you've been living for the Lord. If we were to put your life up on this screen right here, some of us would crawl out of here in humiliation. But I'm thankful for the mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for his mercy, I don't know where I would be. I don't know where you would be. So why is it so hard for us to extend mercy to others when we offer the mercy of the Lord and we want the mercy of the Lord on our lives? If we want the mercy of the Lord on our life, we need to be able to extend mercy to other people. It's interesting how quickly we can cut people off, but we don't want God to cut us off. We need mercy on our life and we need to extend mercy to others. And we ought to treat our brothers and sisters in the church better than we treat those in the world. Some of y'all don't believe that, but you know that's in your Bible. Mm-hmm. that's in your Bible we can easily forgive other people so easily, so quickly but we can cut off our brothers and sisters who we come in fellowship with here in the church that's not the will of God we have to be able to extend mercy to our brothers and sisters huh. that's your person to the right and to the left of you as well amen, you may not want to look at them right now but you still need to give mercy amen. hallelujah amen. amen, some of y'all looking over like yeah <laughs> no, 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 the person right next to you you know who you got an argument with this morning? Yeah, that person. Mercy. Mm -hmm. Someone once said this, don't get even with people that hurt you. Get even with people that helped you. You will waste your time trying to get even with people that hurt you. Jesus would have wasted his ministry here on earth if he were to try to get even with the people that hurt him. But I want to I be with those people that have helped me get to the point to where I'm at. I want to say thank you, Lord, for my mother and my father. Thank you, Lord, for sisters and brothers. Thank you, Lord, for my wife, my companion. Thank you, Lord, for the people that you have placed in my life that have helped Eddie Robinson get to where Eddie Robinson is today. Thank you, Lord, for those people. So I can take my mind off the people that are hurting me and spend more time thanking the people that God has placed in my life to help me. Yeah. Amen. I can't waste time thinking about a, how I want to respond to an email or a text message or some phone call. No, I, I, how about I pick up my phone and send a text to somebody that's been a blessing to me in my life. How, how easy is it for us just to pick up a phone and say, you know what? I appreciate you. It's easy. Mercy is what God doesn't give us. So then what is grace? Grace is what God gives us. Even when we don't deserve it. <laughs> Some of us don't deserve the homes, the vehicles, the, the, the things that we have. But because of his grace, he's given it to us. So we, we don't, can I just make this very plain? We don't deserve the clothes on our back. We don't deserve the roof over our head. We don't deserve the food on our table. But I'm thankful for the grace of God that provides everything. I mean everything more than enough. The exceeding abundant grace of God. I'm thankful for it. See, when you are thankful for his grace, things don't have to be perfect in my life, but I'm thankful for what I do have in my life. I may not have everything I want, but I show God everything that I need, and that is the grace of God in my life. Hallelujah. So every day you arise, you ought to say, thank you for grace. Thank you for grace. I think we ought to take 10 seconds and say that. Thank you for grace. Thank you for grace. Thank you for the grace. I I don't deserve it, but I'm thankful for it. I know I don't deserve it, but I'm thankful for it. Amen. We can get too conceited. We can become too conceited. We can be spoiled saints to where we constantly want more. We're constantly looking for this. We're const- and we're unappreciative of what God has already done. Can, can I take my own 30 second praise break? All right. See, see, we must understand and learn this principle that oftentimes we don't receive the more. I'm going to say that one more time. The more because we serve a more God, a more than enough God. An abundant God, an exceeding abundantly more than you can ask or even think. That's the type of God that we serve. He wants to give you more, but oftentimes we miss out on the more because we fail to thank him for what he's already done. We're unthankful for the grace he's already given us. And God is saying, why should I give you more when you don't even give me anything? You're unappreciative of what I've already done. So oftentimes, I don't have to look ahead. I just turn around and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Look at what you've done. Look at what you brought me from. Look at what you pulled me out of. Hallelujah. I don't have to look too far ahead. Well, praise God. I got 30% of y'all to say thank you, Jesus, on that. I got folks back there like, oh, this is pretty good. (laughs) Amen. If you don't want it, I'll take it all day. Because I, I, I need God's mercy. I need his grace in my life. And I'm telling you, if you will learn, I'm trying to help some folks here this morning. If you will learn to be grateful for what he's already done, his grace that he's already shown and poured out, I'm telling you, more is coming. I said more is coming. You better learn how to thank him because more is coming. More is coming. Amen. So, grace is defined by Christian theology as the spontaneous, unmerited gift of divine favor. (laughs) Spontaneous. I didn't deserve this, but it's here. I woke up today not expecting, but here it is based on my record from last week I didn't deserve it but it just showed up it just anybody ever got an unexpected unmerited gift from God you didn't expect it to happen but it just showed up see those are what we call those but God moments anybody ever had a testimony but God This is what was happening, but God, we need to, I want to challenge your, your vocab this morning and we need to change that to, but grace. is what was taking place but grace showed up grace showed up I was headed down the wrong road, but grace showed up I was going in the wrong direction but grace showed up I was headed down an empty way an empty life no meaning but grace showed up you know the the Saul has that testimony he was on his way down a Damascus Road the Bible says a light shined from heaven grace just shined from heaven God showed up in his life changed his direction Scripture lets us know that. Saul, the Bible says, breathing out threatenings and slaughter. It's a scripture. Against the disciples of the Lord. Went to the high priest. Desire letters to Damascus. To the synagogue that he found any, I don't care who they are. Man or woman. That he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. But as he journeyed, God said, I'm about to show up. (laughs) but as he journeyed God says I'm about to change your direction Mm -hmm. there's some people in here today that God's getting ready to change your direction Mm -hmm. you've been going down one road you've been going down one way but God says I'm about to change your direction Mm -hmm. (laughs) you've been thinking one way you've been living one way but God says I'm about to change your direction Mm -hmm. You've been expecting one thing because that's all you've been getting for the, for the last few years, but God says I'm about to change your direction. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. The Bible says a light shined down from heaven. I'm telling you that light was grace. That's what that light was. That was grace because Paul, Saul, who was called Saul as well, deserved death. That's what he deserved. He didn't deserve grace. He didn't deserve it, and neither do you and I. We don't deserve grace. God can just let us go down the same road, the same path, but grace showed up hallelujah that's why the scripture says such were some of you you used to act that way you used to be that way come on sister come and receive grace somebody wants to receive it this morning because a light is about to show up and change your direction hallelujah come on let's lift our hands right now unto the Lord come on lift your hands and lift your voice come on, that's it, that's it you don't deserve it, you don't deserve it you don't deserve it but the Lord keeps pouring it out he keeps pouring it out in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus yes God, yes God, yes God yes God yes God, yes, God. grace showed up hallelujah hallelujah let me tell you something the first time that the word grace shows up in scripture in the book of Genesis it's in the book of Genesis chapter number six this is when God was going to destroy all mankind every living thing every creeping thing the Bible says he had repented that he even made man he was so frustrated at the evilness the wickedness of mankind he said it repenteth me that I even made man but then grace showed up the Bible says but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord I'm telling you that even when things are going wrong all around you we don't deserve it but then grace shows up things can be going wrong all around you right now but grace is about to show up somebody step out right now lift your hands and receive the grace of the Lord